we're going to trigger our unconscious mind for the power of habits. Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. We got two days left of this year. That's it. Two days? One day. Three days? How many? What's our count? Two days, right? Chris is like, I don't know. All right, cool. Two days. How many, are you guys feeling good, bad, and different? Danny turned on his camera just to do this. I don't know if you guys saw that. He's on his stream. Like, thank you, Danny. He's like, two days. That's it. Thank you. Two days left of this year. So, uh, and I believe, Zach, if you can let me know what the topic is for tomorrow, we got one more agent power huddle for the year. But uh, I want to talk to you guys something today about changing your relationship to fear, which I think is a really, really great topic when you got two days left in your year. So how many of you guys already feel like I'm ready to go? This week has been great. I'm ready to rock. I'm feeling amazing. Anybody raise your hand. Awesome. And will anyone admit to being like, you know, I could kind of use a little bit more downtime before I jump into next year and like get started. Is anyone at that point or no, we're all feeling good. I love this group. Everyone's like, yeah, let's do this. Cool. So um, I read a quote in a book and let's see here. Let's see if Zach told me the topic. Let's see. All right, cool. So, oh, good. So tomorrow, Amy has the best way to end this. By the way, if you guys, we do have one more agent power huddle this year. It's going to be tomorrow. Amy Izzo, who's amazing, is going to be going over the 12-month social media strategy. It's the perfect thing to do on New Year's Eve day is to plan out your social media calendar for the entire next year. I love it. All right, cool. So that'll be tomorrow. That'll be the last one of the year. So for today, I read this quote in a book and it started me thinking about fear and this is going to build into habits, right? And we're going to do some really good strategic things today that will hopefully set you up to either build on what you've done in 2020 or to create some entirely new trends and momentum for, 20, for 2021. So I want you to start with, you can either, you don't have to type it in the box. You don't have to like write it down, but like as long as you are not driving a car, I want you to grab a pen and paper. I want you to write a few things down because I, when I read this in the book, this personally worked for me really well in terms of my relationship with fear. I'm just curious how it sits with you guys. Um, so make a list of some of the things you're afraid of. Specifically, if you can get it in the work context, if there's anything you could admit to yourself that you're afraid of or leave a, a little bit of fear, just even a little bit, maybe a little anxiety. If you don't like the word fear, anxiety, if you don't like the word anxiety in the context of real estate, if there's nothing you're afraid of in real estate, you're like, I love all of it. I'm amazing. Cool. Then do it in your personal life. I don't care, but just write down a couple of things that you have. You don't have to share them. I'm not going to call on you. This is a personal list for you and yourself. I just want you to take an inventory. Okay. I want you to write down a few things that you are afraid of. Okay. Take a minute to do that. And when you're ready, I want you to look back up at the camera. I need a long list. Some of you guys are like, dude, I need, I need a long time. No, I don't, don't, not a comprehensive list of everything, just a couple things. Because you can do this later with everything and you can prove this to yourself. And this is such a simple, easy concept I'm going to teach you. And I'd, ne I'd never heard this before and it really sat with me. So I wanted to share it with you guys. All right. When you're ready, look on up at the camera. Got a couple things written down. All right. Now that you've got those written down, I want you to start to consider the time frame that those things you're afraid of exist in, do they exist in the past, the present, or the future? And what I mean by that is look at your list, pick one of those items and see, is it something that you're worried about that is going to happen, that is currently happening, or is in the, or is in the past? And if it's something that is currently happening, 
are you actually afraid of what's happening right now? Like, let's say those of you, if anybody happens to be struggling, hopefully most of you guys are kicking butt, but if you're struggling in terms of closing deals this year and you're worried about like, oh man, like I'm just worried because I'm not doing well. Are you actually worried that you're currently not doing well? Or are you worried that it's going to continue into the future? And what you're going to find is you look at this list. How many of you already realized that almost everything you wrote down, if not everything is something that's going to happen in the future is what you're afraid of, not the past or the present, right? Raise your hand. You guys get that? It was such a simple reframe when I saw that. Maybe you heard this before, but I was like, wow, literally every single thing that I, I did this exercise in this book, every single thing I wrote down, everything that I was afraid of was literally, oh, and some people type stuff in the box. I love it. Okay. So, so it, those of you who wrote something from the past, right? You said, if you're, you're worried, you're not good. You have a fear of being not good enough in the past. Is it really the fear about the past or is it about that continuing into the present or into the future? You're worried about not being good enough next time, right? It's always a future paced fear. Our fear lives in the future, right? Our fears live in what's going to happen. So just being aware of this, I'm not going to do a deep dive guys. I am, I am married to a therapist, so I'm legally not qualified for anything other than listening to my wife, right? But in the future, I can bring her on and we can do a deep dive into that future orientation and some actual strategies and what to do specifically with the fear. I don't want to do that today. Go a deep dive in that direction. I just want you to start being aware of it because as soon as I was aware of that, I'm afraid of something or my fear or anxiety was based on the future. That was enough to start me shifting. Like it hasn't happened yet. Right? So that's just enough being aware that I can change it. And what I want to talk about for today is a way to, once you're aware of it, just to literally sidestep the fear completely. Right? We're going to trigger our unconscious mind for the power of habits. Has anyone read the book called Good Habits, Bad Habits by Wendy Wood? Raise your hand if you've read it. Good habits, bad habits. You have Evelyn? Awesome. Anyone else? Okay. So good. I thought it was going to be a new one for most of you guys. And there's some other books around this subject, but this is by far the best step-by-step -step book I have read. And if you have detailed questions, I want you guys to ask me questions today. But if you have really detailed questions, um, I'm going to tell you to read the book because I am in no way an expert, right? I've been going deep into this. I've been reading. I read the book. I've read it a couple of times. She has, if you don't have time to read an entire book, if you just, after this show, Google um, Wendy Wood, Good Habits, Bad Habits podcast. She's been on like 15 different podcasts. She gives a 30-minute recap of everything in the book step-by-step. Step. I'm going to give you some highlights from it today, but um, this is what she talks about in terms of um, habits. And, and the reason why I'm asking this is to go back with, with your fears. If your belief is stronger than your doubt, then you end up moving forward. If you guys have ever heard that before, right? If your belief is stronger than your doubt. And one of the ways we can strengthen our belief is by literally just bypassing it and going straight through to a habitual action. And most of you are familiar with habits in your personal life, but did you know that about 43% of your life is controlled by your unconscious habits? Does that surprise any of you or does that sound about right? Right? Literally they did studies and this is where the book goes in detail for now. Just take her word for it. You can read the, When you read this book, it's like poof, mind blowing. So 43% of your life is conscious by, is, is governed by unconscious things that you were doing on autopilot. And so we could actually leverage this to our behavior or to our benefit in the worlds of real estate and the things that we need to do. Um, so she talks about um, at the beginning, decision-making and willpower, right? How many of you think I got good willpower? I'm great at, I, I just make a decision. I just do it. Raise your hand if you're like, I got good willpower. One of you. Two of you? No, not more of you. All right, three. Like I always said, I had good willpower. I did, and what she shows you through this book is that the people who actually say they've got the best willpower, typically what they've done is structured their life in a way that they create their environment and create repetition to actually reinforce those behavior patterns. But I'll, I'll explain to you what I mean. So, 
for the willpower decision-making, that actually works really well for one-off behaviors. So if you guys want to make a change in your life and it's like a one-time thing, like you guys want to go and you're going to, you decide you're going to go into next listing appointment and you're going to get a higher commission. Has anyone ever made that decision? Be like, I'm just going to go get a higher commission in this, in this next listing appointment. I'm not saying what the number is, right? Because that's price fixing, whatever it is for you, whatever is higher for you and you just go in there, you're just going to do it. Willpower or making that decision works really well for a one-off scenario. But what if you wanted to program yourself on a habitual basis that you just had a new normal, right? You just habitually were going to say, this is my new, whatever that percentage is, that's my new normal. The repeated behaviors, you really need to utilize habits to make those decisions stick. And those habits come from the unconscious mind. They're really things that, are, that you're not even aware of. So how many of you have heard how long it takes to establish a new habit? I'm going to shatter this myth for you. How many people know the number? Type in the box or come up mute. Someone say, how many, how long? John did it with his fingers, right? 21. How many of you guys have heard that? It takes 21 days to establish a new habit. Who's heard that? Sean typed in the box. It's, it's like a common thing we've heard. Unfortunately, it's not really true. Okay. Shatter that myth. But the good news is if some of you have been struggling because you're like, well, I did it for 21 days and it didn't stick. Or if you just, this could be in your personal life. Some of you have, you know, habits you want to change around eating healthy, around exercise, Obviously not Danny because he's on a spin bike every single day on the, when he's on here, which is awesome. And I will help break down for you guys how Danny is able to do that. Those of you like, I wish I could consistently exercise, we'll break that down. So when you have this 21 days, the reason it usually takes a lot longer is because of the repetition needed, but it could be shorter. It could even be shorter than 21 days. It depends on how simple or how complex the habit is that your goal is to establish. Let's just say, for example, you wanted to add in drinking a glass of water at the end of every meal. Why? I don't know. Some health person said that was really like a healthy thing to do. You finish your meal, then you drink your glass of water. Promotes digestion, whatever the reason is, right? That's a very simple concept that you want to add. See a lot of guys nodding your head, right? It's a really simple concept. Research has shown that takes about two to three months to establish that simple habit of adding that in where you start to unconsciously do it. How many of you guys brush your teeth every morning and every night? Raise your hand, be honest with me. Do you stand there at your bathroom counter and look and go, should I brush my teeth? I don't know. No, you just do it, right? That's what we're talking about, about this autopilot, this habitual autopilot. You have been over the years conditioned. And if you don't brush your teeth, you probably feel really weird. Not only is your like your mouth all stanky and you're like, ah, but like you just, because it's, you've gone against this thing you've repeated for so many years, but it, but it takes a lot of time to, to establish this. So for more complicated behaviors, the, in the book, they talk about the example of establishing a workout pattern or getting yourself to go to the gym because this was pre-COVID days, right? That's a, that's a more complex step because you've got to put clothes on for exercise. You've got to go someplace for exercise. You've got, right? It's a, that typically takes, anyone know, know how, anyone got to guess how many months it takes to establish a habit like that on average? So Danny says three. Research shows that one's actually more like, it could be as long as like, uh, six to nine months to establish that habit. This is, what, this is a woman, Wendy Wood, who studied habits for literally over 20 years. This has been her life's work. It's a, she's, it's a really well-documented research. It's pretty cool to check out. So give yourself a break if you're trying to establish a habit and know that you got to be a little patient, that it could take like six to nine months, especially when we talk about it in the context of real estate. Okay. So I want you guys to think about how many of you, most of you get stuck in real estate around either lead generation or lead conversion. What I mean is even those of you who put out a lot of media and videos and your goal is to attract clients to you, you still need to talk to clients sometime. Agreed? And when you have a call that says, come list me, cool, you're going to drop the ball on that. 
But if it's anything less than a come list me, if it takes one or two follow-up calls, or you've got to sit down to actually prospect some of you who are still working online leads. I work a lot of online leads. It's been part of my life forever. There's no right or wrong way to do this, but that's a habit that it's really, a lot of people, agents get stuck with that consistency. How many of you guys were on the call yesterday where you saw where he broke down five contacts a day? Wasn't that cool? So this piggybacks on the five contacts a day, because what if you could establish a habit for yourself that at a unconscious level, you just make your five contacts a day without even thinking about it. It just happens. So here's the three things you need. You ready? So write this down. I'm going to break down each one. You need context, repetition, and reward. Context, repetition, and reward. Every single habit you've created in your life, good or bad, is a mixture of these three items. And I'll break down what each one is. Context is everything around you. Literally everything. It's the location you are in, the time of day. It's how you are feeling. How many of you late at night walk to the refrigerator and grab out something and are eating it before you even know you're doing it? You don't have to raise your hand and admit to that, but right? Like in your life, you, I, I'm one of these, mine's not the fridge, mine's the pantry. I will walk to the pantry and stand in it and be sit, I can be a little walk-in pantry. I'm like standing in my pantry, like snacking on something. Usually at the same time every night, right? It's, it's a pattern and it's become a repeated habit that as soon as I was aware of it, it's like, wow, that's true. And so if you want to establish a good habit in terms of prospecting or follow-up, is there a consistent time every day that you do it? Do you structure your environment in a way that you can't help but make it easy for yourself? If you want to work out, I don't know if Danny does this. I put out my workout clothes the night before. Anyone else do that? I set up my workout clothes the night before, right? Like I've developed this pattern. I get every hurdle out of the way I possibly can to set up the context in the environment that you can do that, right? Uh, let's see. Shelly just said in the comments, she's not trying to brag, but she's up at 4.20 a.m. Monday through Friday for a 5 a.m. Orange Theory. It's the best way to start the day. I love it. I love it, Shelly. And how long have you been doing that for? For months, months. So at this point, it's a habit, right? And we'll get into the second part here. So, so context, she goes every day to 5 a.m. Orange Theory. My guess is if you were to drive past that Orange Theory location, you would immediately think about working out, Shelly, right? Because it's the context of the framework. If you set up your desk in a way that in the morning you come in and let's say first thing in the morning, you're going to prospect or you're going to call back the leads that need follow-up, right? If you set up your pattern where you come in, and you get yourself to the point where this is your pattern and you get to the same location. You just see your desk and you think, okay, I'm going to pick it up. Now, to some of you think that ah, it sounds excruciating. So that ties into the third one, which is reward. At the beginning of establishing every new habit, you need to give yourself a reward. And it can't be a big trophy or an award at the end. It can't be after a phase of things. It has to be in the moment. As you complete whatever you're doing each day, each time, there needs to be a reward. Why is this? I'll tell you the brain psychology, then we can talk about what some of the rewards can be. So how many of you have heard of the chemical dopamine in your brain? Awesome. Dopamine is a wonderful, wonderful substance. And what it does, it's like glue for habits. So as you are in the right context and you start getting repetition, because repetition is pretty simple. I don't need to explain that one. It's just doing the same thing over and over again. So you take the context with repetition, dopamine starts to the reward triggers dopamine, which glues everything together in your brain and turns it from the conscious to the unconscious over time. It's a chemical process that happens. This is what's happening inside your head. And so the reward can be something like fun. And those of you who think prospecting can't be fun, that's okay. We'll, we'll give you some other rewards in a minute. But they did an experiment in Stockholm where they were trying to incentivize people to walk up the subway stairs. And you guys liking this, by the way, is this helpful for you guys? 
Awesome. Cool. So they, they, I just, I love this stuff. So they're trying to get people to walk up the subway stairs and they said, I have an idea. Let's take the subway stairs and let's turn them into piano keys. Every single stair is a piano key. Has anyone seen this YouTube video? It's so fun. Okay. So they took the piano keys and they didn't like train people and be like, Hey, you got like, you guys should take the stairs. They literally just did it. Okay. And as people started walking up the stairs and they all lit up and they all, and they all like, right. And they make this sound like it just, it became fun. And all of a sudden people's behavior patterns changed because it was reinforced every time they went up it. And suddenly people started going up the stairs. Isn't that cool? By making it fun. And what you find with rewards are you only need the rewards at the beginning of establishing a habit after you've turned it into a habit. So whether it's two to three months, six months, the reward can go away, but your behavior patterns stay because it's already become ingrained. So for those of you with exercise, and I keep using Danny because I'm literally watching him on the screen. I don't know if you guys are in gallery view or speaker view, but he's literally on a screen on a spin bike right now, or he has the world's weirdest sitting pattern on a desk. I'm not sure. I'm going to guess it's a spin bike though, right? He's doing this. So I'm very familiar with that pattern. Okay. When Danny finishes his workout, how do you guys feel when you're done with the workout? You feel good usually? I mean, sometimes you're tired, but usually if you got the, the, the chemicals going, you feel good. You feel good at the end of a workout. You also feel a sense of pride and accomplishment, even at, at a very low level. Don't you notice you feel good? So the reward doesn't have to be fun. You could struggle during the workout. It could suck. But if you feel pride after the words that you have done it, that also is a reward at that level. So making sense, guys? Think about this now in the context of prospecting. How many of you as real estate agents know that you need to be doing something consistently because you've been beaten into your head, but you may not be doing it. So when you do it consistently, you feel that sense of pride. You want to lean into that and make sure that you really like embrace it because that is the reward you're looking for. And you don't need to feel it all the time. You don't need to do it. That's why for some of you who are newer to real estate, were you shocked at the conversion rate that Jake Dixon gave yesterday, right? He said, your conversion rate, 2%. 2%. That's all you need. Five contacts a day, 2% conversion. That means 98%, 98 people out of hundred that you talk to are going to tell you no or not work with you. That feels really bad in general for those of us who like quick rewards. So you want to reframe it for yourself, right? That's why I've never understood why the psychology by some of these books like go for no, because that never really worked for me. Right. But if, the, if you've read that book, go for no, it, it makes sense. And it works at a psychological level because it's helping you reframe or you're focused on either the task completion. Maybe you just set out a goal for yourself of I'm going to prospect for X amount of time, or I'm going to make X amount of contacts, my five contacts. So for that, if you make your five contacts, that gives you a reward. You've now checked it off. It's like, yeah, I did it. It's good. That is a reward in and of itself. And by doing this, I think it's why that program, the locker room is so effective for people and any training program like that, because it's actually building a habit that by the end of the, the six months you're doing it, however long it is, you've established this pattern that you no longer need that reward. You just do it. It becomes autopilot. Is this making sense, guys? So some tips that coaches have always given me over time. Um, I don't know if you guys, when you're doing your lead generation, your lead um, conversion activities, if you listen to music, right, that can add an element of fun. You can listen to a podcast, put on a show, do something else at first, anything else to make it enjoyable. And that's going to help add that element of fun. Now you can't turn your desk into a playing piano. Maybe you can, maybe you can't, I don't know. But like, you guys, the reason why there's no like one size fits all, these are, these are concepts. If you love this, I want you over the next few days to kind of go deeper and think about how can you create a context for yourself? How, what sort of repetition are you already giving yourself and what sort of rewards, but make sure those rewards happen in the moment. It's that dopamine trigger that are, that are really, really important. All right. Any questions so far?
All right. So habits, all habits are for you guys are things that were rewarded in the past over and over again. So if you have a good habit or a bad habit, if you look at it and in the past you had different goals, possibly they've changed as you go into 2021. Some of you guys think 2020 was amazing. I love it. Cool. Make sure your habits are supporting that. If you want to shift or change things in your personal life or in your business life, if your goals have changed, you need to reward different actions to create new habits. That's the only difference. So focus on what you're rewarding. Um, this is something really interesting that she talked about, by the way, back to the willpower thing. Um, people who score higher on willpower, they did these tests to like score your willpower. So those of you who self-identified and said, I'm really great at willpower, right? I'm good at this. I can, I can do this willpower thing. Some of you who are really good, um, it's as you go through this, do you see now that all you've really done is, it may not be that you're good at willpower. You might be, but it might be more that you are really good at setting up your environment to allow yourself to create the context that you need, repetition and reward yourself. You might just be better at rewarding yourself at the beginning to establish that it feels like willpower. It feels like you made that decision, but you actually only made it once. And if it's stuck, it became a habit. All right, let's talk about two more concepts. I got about nine minutes here. Um, stacking habits and swapping out habits. So stacking habits, these are two things you can use to build off this concept. How many of you ever heard of stacking habits? Those of you who haven't heard it, I guarantee you do it all the time. You ready for it? Here you go. You have a new medication you need to take. Let's just say that. Or let's say you want to take, remember to take your keys when you're going to do something. You take your medication and you put it next to your toothbrush because you already have the habit of brushing your teeth every day. So when you see the toothbrush, you remember to take the medicine. Anyone do this? Right now you get this. You probably, you guys are like, Oh, I do do that. How many of you take your keys? I take my keys and I'll put them with something that I know I'm not going to forget it. Right. I'm just, whatever you, it is you want to do, this is called stacking habits. So if you want to establish a new habit, look for something you're already doing habitually, something that you do unconsciously and add in the new element on top of it. It's a really easy thing to do. So if you always already eat your breakfast, right or you, whatever you want to do. I don't know what it is. Maybe you have a routine of what you do when you first get to the office. How many of you guys have a routine when you sit down at your desk? So whatever you want to add to that routine, lump it onto what you're already doing, right? The other one is swapping. For example, some of you get to the office and you waste an hour before you even start your day. So you may want to swap something out instead. So let's take the example of drinking, like let's say soda from a bottle. It's like, I don't know why some of you drink soda. It's just like, it's carbonated, it tastes good, right? But you decide for health, you want to swap it out for water. It's much easier to every time you go then to go start looking for a soda to just start grabbing a bottle of water because you're swapping. It's the same basic habit. You're just swapping one item for another. It's much easier to establish that than trying to start from scratch, trying to drink a lot of water. Does this make sense, guys? So look for ways in your, in your business life and your personal life that you can swap out things you're already doing for things that are more in line with whatever your current goals are. Um, just remember guys, willpower doesn't last long-term. So it's not willpower. It really is this, uh, this, by, this bypass way. And a uh, couple of interesting things that I got time. Oh, good. I do have time for two more things. Have you heard the term habituation? No. So habituation, so Shelly says, yes. Okay. Habituation. This is where you get used to something and it becomes more normal. It gives you a little less pleasure over time. So let's say, for example, you live somewhere where you can watch the sunset, Right. Everyone in the country probably lives somewhere they can watch a sunset or you're somewhere close by. And every night you decide you want to go out and you want to walk to watch your sunset. 
and you get you, you love this. It's just something you maybe go with a significant other, maybe it's by yourself, and like you really love it. If you did this every night over and over again to establish that habit, the amount of joy you gain typically decreases pretty quickly because you habituate to that event. You get used to it. So what she says at the end of this book is so cool, which is the things you really love in life that you enjoy, don't turn them into habits because you get used to them, right? Like, like some of them you can't, but just know that if you love this going out for a walk, don't do it every night, change it up. Go for a walk one night. Maybe go on a different route if you really love the sunset, but walk someplace different. Don't walk the same exact pattern. Or maybe one night you go out and you, these days it's hard to do to get a, you know drinks with friends or hang out with friends or jump on Zoom, whatever it is. But if you change it up, that will actually continue giving you even higher levels of joy and happiness from the things you do so they don't become as routine. But just changing up the, the path you walk or where you go is enough to help that. And here's the last one that I wanted to go over for you guys. How many of you have realized through the course of this talk, and as I say it, maybe you'll, you'll pick this up, that you have a really, really strong habit that sometimes serves you and sometimes may not serve you. And you are habitually connected to a device that you carry with you all day long over and over again. Does anyone know what I'm talking about yet? Right? How many of you would agree that you are, have a habit of checking your cell phone? Have you checked your phone unconsciously throughout the day, multiple times throughout the day, right? This is a habit. And as real estate agents, it's really interesting because I've always prided myself on having a quick response time and like getting back to people. Does anyone else pride themselves? I've always been trained like it's a really important thing. And I'm not saying it's not. I do believe that as agents, like giving your clients a quick response time, it's great. The clients love it. But there are times in the day when I want to be present with my kids or go out to dinner or like, and if I look at my phone, I literally will want to check it. And this comes because of the dopamine. If you guys watched the, someone's reference it the other day, uh, the social dilemma, that movie will really go into depth on this, but there's this, that same dopamine response trigger happens when you look at your cell phone. Because you never know when you look at it, is it going to be a good thing or a bad thing? So that, so because it's not the same every time, you don't habituate. Like, how many times do you look at your phone and there's actually something exciting on it? Anybody? Like, not that often. And if you look at your, uh, your on your iPhone, I'm sure Androids have it too. If you look at your iPhone and you look at your screen usage time, have you? Has anyone looked at that and been blown away by how much time you actually spend on your phone? It's really amazing. And so this this whole idea that you're getting this sense of pride as a real estate agent is part of the reward every time you look at your phone. And that intermittent reward is what keeps you coming back over and over and over. So if you want to change this habit, I don't know whether you do or don't. I always consciously, I'm like, I don't, I want my habits to serve me. I don't want to have a habit that like, she, she gave a couple of really interesting suggestions that you could throw in here. Um, and I think I said this the other day on a call, but if you want to go out to dinner and not look at your phone, what if you shut off your phone with, when you bring it, bring it with you and shut it off. That way it interrupts that automatic circuit of just looking at your phone without thinking, right? It interrupts that automatic circuit or leave the phone at home. Then you can't even, ha- then you can't even check it. So the other thing would be, how many of you guys look at your phone just to check the time? Then we'll look at your phone to check the time and then you find yourself opening it and looking at messages, right? If you go to wearing a watch, that, if that can avoid that, if you really say, well, I need my phone to check the time. Cool, wear a watch. That was her other suggestion on that. Um, I, don't, I don't know how many of you guys, and this calls for any agent in any brokerage, by the way, but a lot of us I know are with eXp. I had this at the beginning with our eXp revenue share. <laughs> Like, as I would check my revenue share all the time and be like, because it was this intermittent reward. Like, did it go up? Did it not? And I guarantee in your life, you have these other things that you're doing. Um, so, so I wanted to leave you guys with this. Um, if you're struggling to change a habit, right? Don't have to raise your hand, but if you know you've struggled before and this is something you're like, 
it's, it's not, it's not your fault. This is really one of my biggest takeaways from this book, which I loved, which is it's more a product of the environment that either you are in or you've put yourself in as opposed to something it says about you, a flaw or something you're missing. And because of that, you can shift it, you can change it. And that was so powerful to me. Like, Oh, I love it. If you change the context that you're in, then it can shift this. You guys like this? Was this, was this a good way to, uh, to wrap up our year? Awesome. I was so little, I was so excited about this. And so next week on Tuesday, um, I'll be back. I'm going to take some of these habits and turn it into, I have a, a little sheet of like, like golden rules for real estate, things that are, that I've turned into habits in my own life. For example, whenever I go on an appointment, wherever I'm on a phone, I always book a next step from that appointment. I set a next step. So I'm going to break down some really strategic things for you guys that if you want to turn them into habits, I just do them unconsciously at this point because I've done them so long. It's a really short list. We'll go over those strategic things next Tuesday, uh, but just be aware of the next couple of days. And for tomorrow, yep, there's a agent power huddle tomorrow, Sean, last one of the year. Amy Izzo is going to lay out a social media calendar for the next 12 months, right? It's a great way to wrap up your year. It's a really good one. And guys, since this is one of the last, this is last, I mean, I'll see you on the call tomorrow, but Amy's leading it. Just want to say I'm grateful for each and every one of you guys. Seriously, I'm just, I love seeing your faces every morning. It's so fun. So this has become a habit for me. We're going to reinforce the habit of Agent Power Huddle with our, uh, you heard me say the other day, 25 easy. We have a 25 easy challenge, which will start mid-January where we want to incentivize you to get on Agent Power Huddle every day for 25 days in a row and uh, make it, and uh, I'll tell you how to do it next, next week. But yeah, we're going to give out some, some fun prizes, some rewards. There'll be daily rewards. And now I know I mean daily rewards, not just a reward at the end. And uh that's it, guys. So this call is always open to uh, any person, that any, any agent, any brokerage. So feel free to invite guests. Um, it was created for you know, our, our, our organization at eXp. If you have questions, you can reach out to uh, anybody who invited you here as a guest. Otherwise, we just want you to stay here. Come, come keep coming back. Have a good day, guys. Enjoy yourself. Bye, everybody. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.